Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. He's a good football player, so and he can do so many things. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not there. I, I, I've never... Yeah, yeah. Um, I think they'll, they'll work it out. I mean, that's, a, that's what they're doing right now. So you know, I, I don't know exactly what he said, but um, if he's saying that, then he's working through it. And, you know, it's important that we kind of get ourselves right to, to play a guy that can do so many different things. He's got, he'll be one of the faster guys on the field. You know, he's, he can do all of that. Smart. He's got a good arm. Felt like I was listening to... A press conference by Bill Belichick last year. Remember when he went on for like six minutes about Justin Fields or however long it was? Justin Fields amazing. This is what he does great. That's what I felt like I was listening to. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's Hub Arcus here on 670 The Score, broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios. Brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Bears taking on the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday. And, of course, today is a Four Seasons Heating, Air Conditioning, Plumbing, and Electric Football Friday presented by your local Four dealers, and it's not a game. Illinois.com, uh, the Bears pregame show, Mully, Olin Krutz, Pat Manley. Uh, that's going to be happening before the game, and then they'll give you all their live reactions as well following it um, right here on 670 The Score. Right now, we get a chance to talk to someone who gets to hear from Andy Reid every single week. Uh, he's joining us right now on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And of course, it's uh, one of my old one of my old co-hosts, Alex Gold, hanging out with us. Alex, what's going on, man? Long time no talk. Yeah, what's going on, guys? Great to be back on with you. I think we, we talked last year a little bit, but uh, I think that was closer to the postseason, a little earlier this year. And uh, it's kind of a weird feeling for for this game in KC. Nobody really knows kind of kind of what to expect fully. You know, there's some people that think it's just going to be a complete. Uh, demolition of the Chicago Bears, and there's some others that are a little nervous. Yeah, I mean, 12-and-a-half-point dogs is it's not something that, yeah, that people think it's going to be a whooping. But but I feel like the Kansas City Chiefs aren't necessarily firing in all cylinders at the beginning of the season. What do you say about that, Alex? Yeah, they're definitely not. I mean, that's That's been the story. We all certainly watched that Lions game to open up the season. And then last week, despite getting the win down in Jacksonville, I mean, this was a team that had double-digit penalties, and lost the turnover battle. It's honestly pretty remarkable they were able to go down to Jacksonville and get a win against a team that I think we all believe will end up winning that AFC South and maybe even compete for the number one seed. And the reason why they're able to be one and one and not zero and two despite the mistakes is this defense. When we talk about the offense, which certainly has been disappointing at this point, but the defense is why a lot of people are optimistic here in Kansas City that at some point the offense will get this thing figured out. But Patrick Mahomes might have the best defense he's ever had since he's been the quarterback. And we know 
He's won a couple rings despite having a middle-of-the-road defense most years. But right now, this defense has only given up two touchdowns to opponents' offense. They've been put in some bad spots, including last week, and they were able to really keep the Jags uh, out of the end zone when they got to the red zone. So this defense that had so many young pieces that started and played games last year on their way to a Super Bowl, now you're reaping the benefits of some experience, and they're still not even full strength yet defensively. I mean, Charles Amenehue is someone they signed in the offseason who suspended the first six games. So a lot of optimism around Steve Spagnuolo's defense and just how good they could be. Alex, I'm curious, after that first loss to the Lions, what was the attitude uh, that you saw from the players? I mean, in those first couple of days of practice, I mean, surprised, disappointed, no problem, you know, it's just one game. How did they react to losing that first game to the Lions? I think frustration, and I still think that's carried over, specifically on the offensive side. Patrick Mahomes was frustrated after the Lions loss, and then even this win against Jacksonville, if you watch the game, and just notice some of the comments that were made by him and others on offense. I think they're frustrated knowing that you know, what they've been offensively in the past, which has been essentially the number one offense in football, or at minimum a top five offense, and they, they know they're not clicking right now. And I think what we're finding out here is that this offense maybe is going to take a little bit more time. Last year, everybody was talking about the loss of Tyreek Hill and what would they do at wide receiver. Well, I think they surprised people by how quickly they were able to kind of move on and still be a top offense. I, I get the sense now, we've seen it two weeks in, with so many new pieces on, on offense, specifically you know, unproven guys at the wide receiver spot, and then Travis Kelsey was out week one, and it's still you know, maybe trying to get fully back in the groove. I think we're finding out this is going to take a little bit longer, this go-around perhaps, to get the offense to where they want it to be. They, they just have, the, you know, the, I, I think, the fact that they have the benefit of a great defense right now and the schedule suddenly on paper is much easier out of the gate than everybody thought. I mean, this is this game against the Bears is kind of kicking off the stretch. You know, you get Minnesota, you get the Jets, you get the, the Broncos going through this stretch. It's not suddenly as tough as it looked on paper heading in. You know, Alex, I'm glad you mentioned the wide receivers, though, because that first game, that loss to the Lions, if those wide receivers make half the plays they didn't make, I think they probably win the game. Right, right. You know, I couldn't believe how bad the wide receiver play was. It was a little better last week, but, you know, it still has to be a concern. Are they good enough at wide receiver to get the offense back to where it was last year? I think that is the number one question right now with this football team. It's not anywhere else. It's not offensive line. It is the wide receivers. And whether or not here in two or three weeks, people are going to be clamoring for them to go make a trade at the trade deadline for a more proven wide receiver. I don't think we're there yet, but that that definitely will come if they're not able to get some more guys uh, comfortable in this offense that on a third down other than Travis Kelsey, who can you count on? Who can get separation? Really, the only guy in the wide receiver room that's gotten separation has been Kadarius Toney, but he's played limited snaps, and now he's dealing with a sprained toe this week. We know he struggles to stay on the field uh, and stay healthy, and so and he had the drops in, in the week one game. Despite that, he was getting separation, so that was the only benefit with Toney is he was actually able to get open. Guys like Sky Moore and others have really struggled to do that. I think this week against Chicago, when Richie James is unavailable, Tony's a little banged up in this game, I think this is an opportunity for someone like Rasheed Rice, the Chiefs rookie at SMU, to continue to get more involved. He's been very impressive for a rookie in Andy Reid's offense. There's not many of them that have an impact right away. Other than, really, Deshaun Jackson, going back to his Eagles days, they don't really allow, in a way, the, the wide receiver as a rookie to, to come and be a huge part of the offense. But I wonder if that's going to have to happen for them going forward. So the, the wide receivers uh, right now certainly have been uh, been an issue and a problem. And I think they're all just trying to figure this thing out still. We're talking to Alex Gold here on 670 The Score. 
host of Cody and Gold. You can catch him on 610 Sports Kansas City if you download that Odyssey app. Uh, Alex, let's talk about Travis Kelsey. I mean, obviously he missed the first game, you know, back for the second one. Where is he at in just his recovery? Do you feel like he came back too soon? He just wanted to be another piece? Or is he fully where he needs to be in order to contribute to the squad? So he wasn't held back at all this week at practice. And from the media portion, there wasn't even the sleeve on that knee anymore that, that he had been wearing. So by all accounts, he is, he is full steam ahead. I still question a little bit whether or not just getting out of the sink of the offense for, for a week or so still throws you off a little bit to, to get acclimated. But in terms of health, I mean, there, there's nothing holding him back from a game perspective on Sunday. I mean, they, they expect him to be a full go. You know, last week he got the touchdown, but you could still tell he, at that point in time, still maybe wasn't moving the way that he typically would. But as far as a real injury concern, I think, I think Chiefs fans are past that, and I think the Chiefs as a team are past that. And you notice just even his presence on the field, even if he's not the one going for 80 yards, him being on the field just changes everything for this offense and opens things up for, for guys like Sky Moore and uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who I think actually, guys, if you're asking for a player who I think could benefit big time on Sunday going up against the Bears secondary as a deep threat, it's MVS, who obviously played for the Packers for many years. Alex, I usually stay away from this kind of stuff, but I can't with this one. I have to ask the question, should we expect to see Taylor Swift in the stands on Sunday? (laughs) You know, we've had a ton of fun with this. We can't get enough, right? It's great content all week. Um, Look, I think at some point Taylor Swift's got to come to Arrowhead. I don't think it's this week. I think if it ever happens, how about Monday Night Football in November, Eagles at Arrowhead, she's an Eagles fan. I think you get her in the suite, the same seat that Chris Jones was sitting in there that Thursday night opener against the Lions when he was flanked by his two agents. I think that's when you get Taylor Swift uh, out to Arrowhead. Yeah, and then, then you guys lose and nobody wants her back ever right, again in, exactly. <laughs> in the city. Hey, hey, you don't need the Jessica Simpson situation. Yeah, I don't need her wearing all. a Kelsey jersey or Alex, let me ask you this, man. I mean, obviously, you know, there's still this optimism here in Chicago uh, when it comes to this squad and, and what their abilities can be. Justin Fields talking to the press a lot this week about you know what he needs to do in order to change his game, get back to playing, balling out how he likes to play. Um, the the Chicago Bears can win this game if what though? Like if 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 they do or if Kansas City doesn't do, what what would that be for you? If you you know as you're looking ahead to this game and you're like the one thing I'm fearful of is that this happens. What is that for you? Well, I think you're always somewhat fearful of a desperate team, right? And a team that you know quote-unquote, has nothing to lose, even though it's week three. It's bizarre to even say that week three of the season, but I feel like that's the spot the Bears are already on. And sometimes, you know, these games go one of two ways. Either the Chiefs are going to flat-out destroy Chicago after the crazy week you guys have had there, or this is going to be a much closer dogfight. I mean, many, many years ago, the Chiefs were a two-win team, and I think the the Packers were undefeated or, or something along those lines, and Romeo Cornell as an interim head coach with the Chiefs win and beat the Packers, and it actually helped them get the head coaching gig. I mean, last year, the Chiefs Lost to the Colts, but the Colts were a much better team, I think, than the Bears, and that was on the road. I think for this game to end up with the Bears winning, it's going to take the Chiefs having a performance like they did in Jacksonville, but even worse, because they still found a way to win down in Jacksonville despite double-digit penalties, despite losing the turnover battle. I think it would take that kind of situation just for it to be dicey in the fourth quarter. You know, I, I think Kansas City still wins this thing pretty comfortably. I, I've been saying all week on the show, the Justin Fields comments actually make me a little bit more nervous that we could see, you know, the Bears offense, at least in Kansas City, from the Chiefs' perspective, you could see Justin Fields and the Bears offense early on in the game. I actually wouldn't be surprised if they look decent if Chicago moves the ball down the field in the first quarter because they let Justin Fields actually run the ball a little bit, design some things for him. 
I just wonder once the adjustments happen, I mean, you just go through other than wide receiver one, DJ Moore. I don't think there's a single other area where you could say the Bears have any sort of advantage in this game. Hey, hey, hey I'll tell you this. You might not be able to say this later in the season, but the Bears and the Kansas City Chiefs tied at 22nd for point score per game. Just so you know, they're up there. They're <laughs> there up you there. go. There you go. <laughs> you know, Alex, some other numbers that are interesting about the Chiefs and that offense is that everybody saw the problems with the wide receivers in that week one game. And yet you look at the stats and you've got the Kansas City Chiefs sixth in the NFL in passing, but they are struggling 21st running the football. What yeah. do, how do the Chiefs get their running game going and, and what are they doing about that? There's been an ongoing issue. You know, I, I, I know it's Andy Reid. We know he's never going to be run first, nor should he. You, got Patrick, nor, you have Patrick Mahomes, your quarterback. But last week they ran the ball guys twice in the first half, and that was when they were really struggling. you got to at least have some sort of threat to run the ball to your opponent. What do they do in the second half? One of the first plays, they run it with Isaiah Pacheco. He gets 30 yards, kind of open things up a little bit. I do think they have to try to run the ball more for an offensive line that I actually think is very good. If you take a look at that interior of the offensive line, there, there's not many – better interior O-lines in football. But a lot of this is, I think, Andy's hesitancy to actually run the football just in general. It's not that maybe they can't always do it. I mean, you guys will watch on Sunday, third and ones. If there's a fourth and one, they typically struggle in that situation going back the last couple of years. They won't do a QB sneak with Patrick Mahomes after the knee injury that he suffered. They won't bring in Blaine Gabbard and do a QB sneak. They try to get too creative. We finally saw them on a fourth and one last week just go with it, you know, basic halfback dive with Isaiah Pacheco and let him try to run a guy over, which is what he typically does anyway. So a lot of it is, I think just Andy almost gets bored. We call it play calling arrogance at times on these short yardage situations, which I think also impacts the running game. Let me, let's talk about the running game, you know, for the Chicago bears, you know, we obviously you guys are going to see a little bit more Justin Fields. That's the hope. Khalil Herbert's there. And then, you know, you and I uh, talked a lot about, you know, Bijan last year, and now we get to see a, a Roshan yeah. Johnson you know, what, what, what are your thoughts on, do you feel the same way that most people feel when it comes to Roshan Johnson that, you know, if he wasn't behind a Bijan in college somewhere else, you know, he still would be that, that kind of a top tier guy? Yeah, I'm interested to see what he looks like and if it is true that he's actually going to end up being the guy this weekend and they lean on him. I mean, as far as how he fares against Kansas City, you know, their, their interior on the defensive line, somebody that doesn't get a lot of love is a guy by the name of Derek Nottie, who's become more than just a run stuffer. He's actually got a lot better uh, when it comes to getting after the quarterback, but they haven't really been fully tested yet. I know week one combo of Montgomery and Gibbs, you're like, oh, that, that's, that's a pretty good combo to go up against. But I actually thought they did a decent job overall till late in the game where they uh, wore down a little bit. But as far as Roshan Johnson and explosiveness, the Chiefs typically in a passing game is when they've struggled with running backs more. And this year that hasn't been the case. They upgraded the linebacking core added Drew Tranquil to the mix, a little more athletic linebacker. But this week, where I think if there is an area where Chicago could attack as well, Nick Bolton, Chiefs linebacker, best linebacker on the team, not available. He's already been ruled out for this game. You know, I think the biggest problem for Roche Johnson right now, and I don't know why more people aren't aware of this, but Khalil Herbert led the NFL in average yards per carry last year at 6.7. He, he, he rushed for over 800 yards. He's their number one running back right now and, 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 and can get better. And, and so when you add Johnson, um, uh, and then they've got Deontay Foreman too, uh, that's the way that they are going to attack the Chiefs this weekend. And and it's going to be fun if it was strength versus strength, but that's where the Chiefs' run defense is likely to be tested. Yeah, and then Alex mentioning that, you know, their defense, obviously their strong suit this season is going to make it for a tough task for the Chicago Bears. But, you know, what, 
in your mind, what do you think? Obviously, you've been following all the drama with Chicago this week, oh, Alex. Yeah. So, I mean, like, what, in your mind, like, what do you think is a victory for the Bears? Right? Like, what what, what do you think well, at, yeah. at the end of the game? What what does that look like to you for that team? I mean, I think you you have to have Justin Fields look more like he did towards the end of last season than what he's looked like this so far, which is rookie year Justin Fields. Right? I don't have to tell you guys that. I mean, I think a lot of it is you got to let him use his athleticism, and clearly he's thinking too much. I mean, for a quarterback to say that out loud about too many voices is pretty telling, to be that honest. I think if you're the coaching staff, I mean, at this point, you've got to let him showcase his skill set, which at this point in his career is still his legs more than it is his arm. And so I think if you get out of that game, even if you lose to Kansas City, if you get out of that game and you see a little bit of the same success that Justin Fields had where he had, what, almost 1,200 yards rushing, you start to see him be able to use that, get some confidence back. I think that's got to be the key going forward. It's still such a young, young season. You can go to 0-3 and and everything, which nobody's going to be feeling great about, but if Justin Fields can at least show a little bit of what he did last year, I think gives you at least a little bit of hope going forward. So, Alex, here's the most interesting part. All of that great rushing that Justin Fields did last year led to 3-14, and 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 that's why they spent the entire offseason focusing on developing a passing game. Now, I understand with all the silly stuff they had going on this weekend, they just want a good performance, so they might want him to run more this week, but Justin Fields running the ball more was proven last year is not only not the answer, it's (laughs) the problem. Yeah, no, that's that's fair, but then doesn't that mean, you guys tell me, but then doesn't that mean that that I'm sure you guys have talked about this. Well, then they should have drafted a different quarterback this past year, not traded down. Well, that that's only if you liked the four quarterbacks that were going in the first round. And I personally, and I've spent over 40 years theoretically being a media expert on the draft, uh, I didn't think that any of those four guys were worth the number one pick in the draft. Now, okay. Okay. Having, you know, yeah. having traded, maybe they could have traded down to three or four and taken one of them. I sure. did like Anthony Richardson, but I could not fault them for not using the number one pick on a, on a, on a quarterback. Yeah, that was the big question here everybody had is whether or not that was going to end up being the correct decision or not. And it's so early to tell on any of these rookie quarterbacks. At this point, I actually think C.J. Stroud looks the best, but I don't know if that's actually going to be the case by the time we get to later on in, in the season. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Alex, sorry, before I let you go, I know college basketball is right around the corner. How them Jayhawks looking? How are they looking? Yeah, you know what? Hunter Dickinson, when you get a transfer like that from Michigan and, and a huge prize for Bill Self, I mean, they're going to be right back in the mix heading into the season, I don't think they've had, you know, a roster this talented, believe it or not. I know we say that every year. I seem it feels like when we talk about Bill Self in Kansas, but Hunter Dickinson's a game changer. I mean, he might be the Naismith player of the year this year, and he's on the Jayhawks in a just loaded, loaded Big 12, because now you add in Houston to the conversation. Uh, this conference is going to be nuts, but uh, Kansas will be right there in the thick of things, like always, I feel like. You know, Alex, it's hard enough uh, being a Michigan alum and talking about Justin Fields without being criticized for being a Michigan alum, <laughs> but then to hear that you're ruining my basketball team, too. Yeah. I didn't need that tonight. Oh, Alex. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, man, have a great weekend. Uh, enjoy the game on Sunday and look forward to talking to you soon. All right. Thank you, guys. Of course. Alex Gold, host of Cody and Gold and that betting show on 610 Sports Kansas City. Uh, make sure you guys are following him on social media as well. Does a great job. You know what he was doing over the summer or the last over the good course of the last year? He was like the main source for legalization of gambling in in Missouri. He was trying to figure out or yeah, Missouri. And he was trying to figure out, you know, he was just always on top of it, talking to politicians, getting it on and then, you know, bringing it to the airwaves. So the majority of his tweets in that time frame, were about gambling, and but he became the source for it mm-hmm. because he was reporting on it, and nobody else was. 
uh, because obviously him and I, we love we love gambling. Uh, and we love chatting with you guys, too. Uh, that's why we're opening up the phone lines again. 312-644-6767. Going to be talking to you next. You got any questions for Hub? Got any Bears thoughts? What do you think about uh, the game this weekend, uh, Justin Fields versus Patrick Mahomes? We're taking your thoughts on all of that after the break. 312-644-6767. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's Hub Arkish. It's Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. With the support from Ryan and all those things, you know, that's, uh, I, I really appreciate that uh, from uh, him stepping in in that moment uh, yesterday or a couple of days ago there because I could focus on football. You know, and I think that was really cool that uh, that the uh, owner, uh, president, you know, and the GM uh, you know, stepped in there. That was really good. Coach Eberflus giving some praise to his general manager, Ryan Poles. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's Hub Arkish. It's 670. The score got about a half an hour left with you guys. And so we're taking your calls. Open up the phone lines for you. Any thoughts on the Bears? Any thoughts on Justin Fields leading into this big game? On Sunday versus the Kansas City Chiefs, 312-644-6767. It is a four seasons, heating, air conditioning, plumbing, and electric football Friday presented by your local Ford dealers, and it's not a game, Illinois.com. All right, Hub, let's go out to the phone line. Let's go to Jeff. He's on the road right now. Jeff, um, when you're looking at Justin Fields, um, do you think that he is a complete package right now? No, not at all. Thanks for taking my call. So a couple of quick points. Number one, love the show. Um, is there ever really ever been a great running quarterback? Which Justin Fields is clearly a good runner or great runner, but not a great passer. So how many quarterbacks can we name in NFL history who have been great runners, but also great quarterbacks? Number two, even though the Bears don't help have a great offensive line, they have receivers now. Um, Aaron Rodgers didn't always have a great offensive line, but it's still a great quarterback. Tom Brady, Drew Brady, they always didn't have great offensive lines. Don't we think we'd know by now if Justin Fields was truly a great quarterback by now in his third year? Thanks for the call, Jeff. I think I'll, I'll speak to the offensive line statement. Um, 
all those quarterbacks and hubs talked about this all day today. They had kind of have that instinctual quarterback, you know, knack to them. And so you can hide a bad offensive line. If you can get rid of the ball quickly, we saw Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers do it to the bears every single year. So I think you can hide things like that. As far as the great running backs, I mean, listen, there's only, if, even if you're just talking about naming, naming all the great quarterbacks, you still have a small list. It's not like you're naming a thousand people. You still have a small list. So when you're talking about great running quarterbacks and, you know, the ones that come immediately to the mind, Steve Young, Lamar, Lamar Jackson, I mean, they are out there. And so it's, it's better to see that there is a mold that you can fit into and that it does exist as opposed to just it not being out there at all. Yeah, I mean, great is a tough word. There have been a lot of very good running quarterbacks, but I can't think of a single very good or great quarterback who was a really good runner but a bad passer. Right. And that's really where the focus needs to be. There's nothing wrong with being a really good runner. I mean, Field showed that last year. Of the three wins they got, two of them they don't get without him running the football. But it's not enough, you know, and that's nobody's more important than the quarterback getting it done, and he's not getting it done through the air. Yeah, and it's a, again, I think it's something that we, we watch these games and, and you look at him playing, and you're right. It's just that it's the reason why people like Tyson Bajan. Right, because he comes to the line, he has a, there's a sense of calmness there, like he's been there before. And obviously, you can talk about you know what that ceiling looks like, what he can be, or what all that stuff. But just talking about the 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 poise that exists, and sometimes Justin does look like a deer, you know, in headlights at times. And I think that's the difference that we're talking about. But uh, brings a great point. Uh, a, a, a great, a very good running quarterback that is a bad passer that doesn't exist when you're trying to win a Super Bowl. Let's go to Andy. Out in Streamwood. So when talking about the quarter, you have a question about the quarterback position for this Sunday, right? Yes, Gabe. Thanks for taking my call, Hub. I'm glad you're healthy and back on the score. Thank you. And Gabe, uh, I love your opening and closing every show that you do, and I'm glad that you're on the score. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, my question was for both of you and your thoughts. You just mentioned Tyson Bajant, who's our backup quarterback. And he had a lot of praise during the preseason and the practice, whatever you want to call it. So at what point do you guys think that they should try him out? Because in all the years that I've followed football, the Bears, I mean, I've never heard so much praise for a uh, you know, backup quarterback versus our starting quarterback. Well, first of all, let's be clear. The, the reason, the main reason, I should say, that you hear as much as you do about Bajan is because he comes from a Division II school. You know, and he wasn't drafted and nobody expected him to be. But when you look at his numbers and his stats and what he's produced and the amount of football he's played and how well he's played it, you can't ignore the fact that it wasn't against top talent, but you do have to give him credit for what he's accomplished. And then the fact that he came to camp, he worked all summer long, and he played well enough, you know, during the summer and the preseason to make the football team or to be too good to cut, I guess would be a better way to put it is is what's interesting about him. At some point you have to see him play a real NFL game. And, and I hope we don't because that means Justin is playing much (laughs) better or hurt, but I think it's pretty logical at this point that he's going to get a chance to play before the season's over. And I am excited to see it because with what I've seen so far, stranger things have happened. I mean, you know, who was Brock Purdy? You know, yeah. Who was Tom Brady? <laughs> you sure. know, the greatest quarterback of all time? Oh, six-round draft choice. So, yeah, anxious to see Badger. You can't pull the plug yet. It's just too soon. Yeah, I think when you're talking about Justin Fields, they're going to give him every opportunity. 
to prove that he either is the guy or isn't the guy. And they're going to do that all season long. And barring some injury, he will be the guy taking those snaps. But I think everyone's curious to see what Beijing would look like with an actual NFL defense. There is one other thing to consider, though. It may be, and this is quite possible, that they just decide that Justin needs a reboot. Give him a week or two off, like the Bears did with uh, the right fielder. Uh, the Cubs did with the right yeah. fielder. I'm Say sorry. a Suzuki. Yeah, and look how Suzuki's responding. Yeah. You know, and, and they may, it may be a good idea to do that. In that case, there's not much point in putting Peterman on the field. I mean, you just cut him again the other day and then brought him back the next day. So I, I think the best possibility of Bajan being seen quickly is another bad week or two with Fields, and they say, hey, we just got to take a week or two yeah. off here. And, and Bajan would be out there just to fill time, but depending on how he produces, then we'll have more idea if he's somebody we should take seriously. If, uh, if we're going to lose, I don't mind an exciting loss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think Bajan could give you that, whether it's you know some two-interception game where he eventually throws a touchdown. It just, it's going to be ugly, but at least it'll be exciting. And I think, for me, that's all I'm looking for on my Sundays. Let's go to Mike out in Byron. So, Mike... Obviously, a lot of conversations surrounding Justin Fields, um, but you have a question regarding the offensive coordinator. Do you, when you look at Getzey, do you feel like Getzey is the right guy for Justin Fields? Well, I, I, you know, there's a question mark there because he came in as a QB coach, not an offensive coordinator, and who he was QB coach for was Aaron Rodgers, who was a QB pocket passer. I mean, it's not a, he's not a runner. He's not, you know, any, any gifted athlete outside the pocket like Justin Fields is. I don't know if he's calling the correct plays for Justin Fields. Listen, I'll tell you, and, I'll, t- I'll tell you this right now, Mike, cause you know, hub, you mentioned them earlier in the show and it is Dave wants that. And he has a good relationship with Luke Getzey. And I remember sitting in this room right here, uh, talking to Coach right there, and we were talking about Getzey, and he was the way he explained Getzey's expertise. Like he's ran so many different offenses, he has complete faith in that. You know, Getzey can run this, run that, whatever it might be. Whether it, you know, it is Aaron Rodgers. To me, that's the big issue, right? Where people can say, I, I, I tweeted it out earlier in the week, and I said, my buddy's from Miami, and he said hiring Luke Getzey to be the offensive coordinator for the Bears after being with Aaron Rodgers is like hiring Kobe Bryant's shooting coach to run the Miami run the Miami Heat, right? You, 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 you think Kobe's such a great shooter, and then you take a shooting coach and you give him the keys to an organization when really it's Kobe Bryant that's being Kobe Bryant. And so he was trying to make the same argument for Lugetsi that Aaron Rodgers is going to make a lot of people look good, and including Lugetsi in that moment. But it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, Hub. Like, you have to give Getsy that grace in order to change the game plan in real time. He thought something you know, to start the season off and he has to correct enough. He doesn't and he's stubborn, which I can't imagine will be the case. Then you have to look at him and, and what he's doing as the offensive coordinator. But I think he's earned the ability to have more weeks under his belt before we just say, Hey, this isn't the guy for Justin Fields. Yeah. I mean, it's not like Getsy was a shocking hire or, or somebody questioned whether he was you know ready to be an offensive coordinator or not. And I got to tell you, if you're hiring an offensive coordinator, to focus on one or two things as opposed to the entire offense, all 11 starters plus your depth and, 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 and having them 
be taught to run the entire offense, you know, not just runs or passes, then you've made a mistake right off the top. And I haven't heard anybody around the NFL saying Luke Getzey was a bad hire. You know, right. Luke Getzey wasn't ready to be the Bears offensive player. You're not hearing that at all. And, and I just think I've been talking a lot about this the last couple of hours. There is so much pressure, so much overreaction, so many people in a hurry. This, I'm not saying it's going to work or they're, they're going to win a Super Bowl next year, but I will tell you they're going to be better on offense in three or four weeks than they are right now. There has to be, there doesn't have to be patience before you get angry and frustrated, but there has to be patience before you evaluate how good or bad a coach is at what he's doing until he's been given a chance to show you because the first two games – you know, it just isn't enough. And yeah. the fact that the, 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 they, they were winnable games, you know, they didn't play great teams. Yeah, you, know, you would have liked them to have done better, but they're still learning his system. They've got all these kids, all the, all these rookies that are playing now. And, and um, I, I know it's not what anybody wants to hear, but I also know that it's a fact. It's true. It's going to take a little more time before it is fair to evaluate. Especially with new pieces. Yeah. I mean, like you, meant, you, you said it several times over, it's a complete rebuild. This isn't, adding a couple of things or a revamp. This is a complete rebuild. And you do have guys operating in a system that are brand new. That's, 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 that is tough. But at the, but the reality is, uh, right, you said we're going to evaluate them on a game-by-game -game basis. Fans are, mm -hmm. right? I mean, the, the, the trained eye, those that are on a different level, they're, they're going to give them that grace. But fans, they're like, what are you doing on Sunday? What did that game look like? And that's what I'm going to judge you on. You know, I'll tell you what would really help. I don't know if it'd help, but what would be good for me and what would be good for, I think, for all of us, media, fans, whoever it may be, if we could just, after the game against the Chiefs, get a copy of what the play calls were, <laughs> what the play calls yeah, were, yeah, yeah, not yeah. What, but what gets he called, and then go back and watch the tape and see how they evaluate, then you've got more information. I keep hearing, why doesn't he use DJ Moore more? How do you know he's not trying? <laughs> you know, you don't know what play was called. You just know that Justin didn't throw him yeah, the football. That's what, that's what I guess I mean, he said for after week one. He's like, I was calling plays for DJ Moore. Yeah. They just didn't get the ball to him. I mean, you know, without the same information that they have, we can't, you know, really evaluate their performance because we don't know what their players are doing with what they're giving them. True. Uh, let's go back out to the phone lines. 312-644-6767. Gabe Ramirez, Hub Arkish here on 670. The score. Let's go to Alec. Out in Milwaukee, Alec. When you're looking at this Bears team, what do you think the biggest issue is? Hey, Gabe. Uh, first time caller here. Big fan of the show, man. Um, my biggest concern, uh, a little bit of a hot take, perhaps, but I think it's more of a organizational issue. Maybe um, looking back a little bit at, at even Mitch, you know, wasn't a perfect quarterback by any means. You know, didn't end up working out, but a lot of people pointed to Nagy coaching infrastructure. I see a lot of the same stuff here now where, you know, you see Fields immensely talented, should have all the physical tools to be a great quarterback, be able to be someone who gets us wins, you know, puts those wins together, gets us to the playoffs again. I'm starting to see that pattern where I'm, I'm starting to doubt the people making the decisions all the way up to the ownership level where if they're not hiring the right people to make the right decisions to put infrastructure around the quarterback, hire the right coaches to develop them, you know, et cetera, et cetera, for the rest of the team, not even just the quarterback position, um, but specific to the quarterback position. I, I'm starting to seriously doubt whether, you know, top down, if, if the McCaskies, if George, everyone is, is really evaluating what they need from a decision maker, you know, not negatively reflecting on, on polls by any means, but 
man, it, it's tough. We, we see all these guys who come through like Mitch, all these tools, you know, didn't work out. Fields, immense tools. Not shaping up great so far, still some, you know, to be figured out. But it, it starts to, you know, the finger pointing goes around. Is it Getsy? Is it, you know, Eberflus, you know, as a whole with his staff? Is it is it George? Is it Poles? I mean, the, the finger pointing goes around and around and around. And at, at the end of the day, it's got to end up going to the top at some point. The people who are hiring the people, making the decisions. So my my take is simply maybe it's it's a you know ownership issue and, and things won't change until the McCaskies are, are no longer owning the Bears, unfortunately. Uh, thanks for taking my call and um, looking to hearing forward to what you're saying. You know, that that's a conversation that we've been having, I think, for as long as I've been doing this job. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, I can tell you, it's not the McCaskies. I, I mean, they're not doing that hiring. They're approving it, but they're not right. doing it. They are hiring the GM. There's no question about that. I'm sure they have input with the head coach, but it's the GM who is doing that. So, um, you know, they have won a Super Bowl. It was a long time ago, but they did, you know, and they can do it again, you know, if, if they bring in the right people. But I, I'm going to, again, come back to something I think I've said nine times now tonight is that it, it's just too early to <laughs> fairly evaluate Ryan Poles yeah. and Matt Eberflus. I, I mean, they've had one season and two games. They set out this year to rebuild the roster. They didn't completely change it in one off season. And, and so you may be right. I'm not saying you're not, but I, I will say strongly, we just don't know enough yet about Flus, about Getsy, uh, about Poles. To, to, to be this critical of them because they haven't had a chance to do what we want them to do. Yeah, I think it's too early. I think, Alec, to your point, I think what you're really highlighting is the fact that there are multiple moving parts to a winning organization. And you've mentioned eight of them in your in your comment, but they all have to be working harmoniously in order to have a good product on the field. And sometimes certain things are working well, certain things aren't. And you kind of got to figure that out and where that is. And I think that's where the organization is right now. I think that what, that's what Hub's alluding to, the fact that they are still early. Guys are still cooking in the kitchen, like a lot of people were saying Poles is doing over the offseason. And I think we have to allow them to do that. And, again, we go back to the Super Bowl or bust mentality. There are 30 teams that are still in the middle of that. And I think that you know we have to give grace. And we can also be frustrated. I want to be very clear. We can also be frustrated and voice that. Uh, but we also have to give grace to the organization that is really trying to right the ship. And if we felt good about Eberflus and Ryan Poles last year and what they were doing, the direction of the Chicago Bears, then we have to allow them that space to feel that way this year. You know, another thing to consider, or at least to look at very quickly, is they, they've had this one, well, they, they've had two actually off seasons, but but when you haven't even coached a game yet, that first off season isn't worth all. And they, they were still trying to decide who they needed to replace. Yeah. So they've really had one off season so far to rebuild this roster. And whether you like it or not, the guys they brought in have played two games. So we don't know what they did this offseason yet. We're going to have a much better idea in a few more weeks. And by midseason or three-quarters of the season, I think it, it's fair at that point to either criticize or compliment. But you just... Off two games, you're going to make this decision? You can't. You know? I'm pouting. I'm throwing in the towel. I'm done with the Bears after these two. Well, they get another opportunity. To look good, at least, win or yeah. lose against the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday. We'll be watching that one closely. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's Hub Arkish. Got about 15 minutes left with you guys. So, Hub, I know you're a season ticket holder for the Cubs. It's only <laughs> fitting we we chat a little bit about them and where they're at in their playoff hunt. So we'll chat a little bit about the Chicago Cubs and say our goodbyes on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez, Hub Arkish, 
here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The School. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's the two. Deep drive to left. This ball's got a chance. Gone. Seiya Suzuki. Two-run homer to left. Cubs lead three to nothing. Gabe Ramirez, Hub Arcus, live and local on Friday. And we've been uh, dominating the last three hours with Bears football. So now we get a chance to switch it up a little bit before we get out of here. How long you been a how long you been a Cubs season ticket holder for? <laughs> I grew up in Wrigley Field going to Bears and Cubs games. And uh, You saw a Bears game at Wrigley Field? Oh, Plenty, yeah. I'm old. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I saw my first Bears game there and a, and a number of them before they moved to Soldier Field. Um, and as far as the Cubs, I mean, it was... Wait, wait, wait. I got more questions. Yeah. Where'd you go to high school? Um, well, I went to high school in Deerfield. Oh, okay. uh, When I was in, what, uh, fourth or fifth grade, we moved out to the north suburbs. But okay. I grew up in Rogers Park oh. and uh, would get on the train and be at Wrigley Field in, in 15 minutes. And in, in those days, my parents thought it was fine when I was, I think I was six or seven, the first time myself and my older brother, who's only a year older than me, started going to games. That was our summer vacation. Wait, time Some, Yeah, yeah, exactly. Eight. Some people went away to summer vacation. We went to Wrigley Field. You were taking buses and to get to Wrigley at seven, eight years old with your brother? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. It was a different world. Then, Most right? certainly. It was a very different world. Then. <laughs> Most certainly. Well, it's funny because back then, no no cell phones, no way of communicating with you. But then they're like, just be home when the, the lights go down and I know you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, plus it was, it was my dad who caused all that. And he had already been taking us there for three or four years. So he knew we knew what to do. That's so, a good point. So it wasn't just uh, blindly. Uh, but the Cubs, the team, that your beloved Cubs, won today. Six to nothing versus the Colorado Rockies. It's been a weird couple of weeks for the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, it really has. And I think the thing that has me the most concerned is the way the pitching is kind of coming apart. Uh, you know, I, I the hitting, they've had dry spells, but that's going to happen no matter how good your hitters are. And they haven't completely fallen apart. I mean, even after the first losing streak, they go score 13 runs last, what was the last Friday night, whenever yep. it was. And, and and so that doesn't worry me as much as 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 – I don't want to say poor or bad, but questionable as the pitching has been the last 10 games. No, no, no. You said it best when you said falling apart. Yeah, exactly. And and um, now some of it's the injuries, you know, to your closers. And, and but, but uh, and you know, I, I got to give Fields, not Fields, uh, you know, you know, I think their Cy Young Award winner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right Justin Steele. Justin Steele. You know, I, I, I got to give him the benefit. Uh, two starts ago is, is where it seemed to come. It was really two bad pitches. That wasn't a terrible outing. The other night was that was terrible. Yeah, and that was disappointing. You know, and, and then to have Stroman come back and yet not really find a position, or I think he will this week sometime. He's going to be starting tomorrow. Uh, he yeah. will be the starting pitcher for the Chicago Cubs tomorrow. Second game of the series with the Rockies. You bring up some great points. You know, with the with the injuries. I mean, it really did falling apart is the best way to put it. And you're right, the offense of the Chicago Cubs. That's been the consistent thing, inconsistently consistent, but consistent nonetheless. The pitching carried them in the very beginning. Strowman obviously pitching well, Justin Steele pitching well. 
But then this back half, not even back half, back last two weeks, it's been um, it's been odd for the Chicago Cubs, especially because when you talk about pitching, if they do make this playoffs, where right now they're hanging on to that last wild card spot, you know, what does that rotation look like? Yeah. So so here's what I would say, having been a, a fanatic Cubs fan for over sixty years now. I've been through this a few times before. <laughs> Just a few. Okay. And, but but what I feel is different this time, and I didn't know this until about midseason, there is too much talent on the field beyond the pitching not to be a wild card team. I mean, yeah. when you look at the years that, that, that Bellinger and Swanson and, 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 and you're having, you know, with Suzuki now all of a sudden, uh, Morell fascinates me. You yeah. know, I don't know what to make of him, but wild he's fascinating. Yan <laughs> Gomes is having a great year. And, and I haven't mentioned Nico. You know, I mean, Playing well. there, there's plenty of talent. And these are not unwinnable games, these next six or eight, I guess it is. And, and they've got to win six to seven of them at least. And I think they will because I just think that they have the better talent. Yeah, they have a, a pretty tough schedule coming up. They're going to end the season against the Braves and the Brewers. That's going to be a tough six games there. But then they have two more against the Rockies. So they're going to have to play well. Fortunately, Atlanta, they're pretty secured into their spot. They're not dropping down to number two. So, you know, the last couple of games of the season, they might not be playing as well. But the Cubs themselves need to pick it up so that that way they can have good momentum leading into the playoffs. Yeah. Now, the other thing that you don't want, but I think is good for the Cubs, is the Braves and the Brewers. Um, did the Braves... Uh, uh, did they? Braves got the one spot. Dodgers got the two. Milwaukee will have the three. So if the Cubs... If the playoffs were to begin today, the Cubs will be playing the Brewers. Right, but I thought I heard that the Braves confirm their spot today and that the Brewers only need two more wins. So by the time the Cubs get them, they're going to be playing well, teams that are cleaning up. You know, they're <laughs> yeah, going to be playing yeah, teams that yeah. I'm sure they would like to win, but it's not going to be their main focus at that point, yeah. which is better than if they got those two teams a month ago. Um, of course, the Cubs hanging on to a one-game lead against Cincinnati, half a game over the Miami Marlins, but fortunately, Colorado Rockies are on the menu tomorrow. As mentioned, Marcus Stroman going to be making his start uh, and that is, I mean, how exciting is that for Cubs fans to see something like that? Stroman getting back in there. They were down on them a couple of weeks ago saying, oh, he hasn't had a good outing in a while. But now, most certainly Cubs fans are excited to see the Stroh show tomorrow. Hope we're going up against Chris Flexen, who had a really good game against the Cubs last time they played. Uh, so you can catch that right here on 670, the score first pitch, 120 p.m. All right, got to thank our guests for today. Mark Grody for hanging out with us. Mike Sando from The Athletic. And, of course, Alex Gold out there from Kansas City Hub. This is our first time doing a show together. This is pretty fun. It was fun. I really enjoyed it. I hope you'll get a chance to do it again. And uh, have a great weekend. I hope so. All right. Mi gente. That means my people. Hasta la próxima. That means until next time. I am Gabe Ramirez. He is Hub Arkish. Oh, wait. And I got to shout out our producer extraordinaire, Tyler Ferengal. Oh, no clip there. No worries, Tyler. No worries, baby T. We'll get you next time. All right, we're out of here. The Chicago Sports Radio. Have a great weekend. 670 the score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. For a 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.